we'll see what happens. I'm uh, still a little bit dejected, but that's okay, because uh, we're going to go ahead and get the show started here. Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey, and we appreciate you joining us for our Week 8 preview. And uh, yesterday we did a mid-season review, and uh, you can go back and check that out if you want to know how we're doing and how everybody's doing, sort of. And uh, we sort of reviewed all the win totals and looked at what's going on. I am joined, as always, by Eric Mulher. Eric, what's going on, man? Uh, same old stuff. You know, long, long time no see. I haven't been on the uh, been on the pod with you in 24 hours now. It's, <laughs> didn't know what to do with yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I know you're not excited to get back so quickly, but uh, here we are. And we've got some work for you to do right out of the gate because holy shit, we like, like we kind of touched on yesterday uh, for our listeners, we talked about it. If you haven't checked out our midseason review yet, we, the reason we did that is because we had such a massive week seven with so many explosive results and crazy double overtime thriller in Fort Worth, Alabama goes down to Tennessee. Man, what a weekend. Crazy. USC goes down to Utah. It was one of the best weekends of football. I, I would say that I've had in a while, even though my team lost. What do you think, Eric? Well, I mean, I was entertained, to tell you that much. Um, there was a <laughs> lot of a lot of viewing choices. Some games were a, a little bit of a, a disappointment. I was expecting something maybe a little closer, but all in all, you know, we'll go over which ones and why. But uh, yeah, was, I mean, it was a packed full weekend. It was a lot, a lot going on. No doubt. And since there is a lot going on for this past weekend, and we don't really have any breaking news on the coaching front, nobody got fired, shockingly. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, no real just wild, crazy news off the field. So let's go ahead and get into the on the field stuff. Okay. And I'm going to let you pick where we go first because we picked what you say. What did we talk about in the, uh, the, chat before was it 12 games that we picked last week 12 yeah we we picked uh (laughs) some lines some totals some both but yeah there were 12 games last week that made the cut and uh we'll we'll just jump right into those i guess uh the first one let's do it so i'll i'll just do the i'll start off with the ones that we agreed on and Uh and we missed and let's just get those out of the way and move on to more positive stuff yeah Um, let's get the ugliness out of the way first so we both took Mississippi State minus seven against Kentucky on the road. Kentucky wins 27-17. Leach lays yet another egg. Um, and I'm sorry, Mark Stoops, I'm done betting against you at home. Uh, and I don't want to talk about that game anymore. Well, that was – we did, to defend ourselves a little bit there, we did sort of put out the – caveat that if will levis does play that we would probably take stoops with the points but we didn't know at that time if will levis was actually going to play or not yeah i, I didn't think he was going to yeah i uh, didn't either and then how, i guess i'm not exactly sure if i could explain how much that affected my i think i might have taken mississippi state either way but yeah because i mean he levis he didn't have some kind of crazy great game i mean he had 230 yards and a touchdown but chris rodriguez I mean, good mm-hmm. God, dude just went off. 31 carries, a buck 96, two TDs. I mean, Mississippi State could not stop that dude in the second half. <laughs> he yeah. just, and, just went off. So we had them at minus seven because we didn't expect Will Levis to play. Once it came mm-hmm. out that he was probably going to play, that, that line closed at three and a half. Oh, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but it never swung the other way. And it certainly didn't swing enough for us to uh, come out as winners on a game that Mississippi State lost by 10. Yeah, big big time performance there by Kentucky's trash offensive line. You know that's been their biggest issue thus far this season. And yeah, man, they looked they looked really good in the second half of that game. So. They did. Um, Minnesota at Illinois. We both really really liked the under, which was thirty eight and a half. It ends. I don't, I don't want to say a bad beat because I think these teams could have scored more points. They had a couple turnovers. Um, Illinois wins 26-14, so in addition to both of us missing our under 38 and a half, uh, you, you were on the Gophers laying six and a half, so yeah. Bielema be- be- hung you with two L's on that one. Yeah, not a not a great day for me. Tanner, I mean, th- dude. Yeah, and then this, Tanner Morgan this, goes out. This just, box score is one of the most perplexing things. Oh, it's disgusting, that, yeah. That I have seen. Like, Tanner Morgan is four of 12 for 21 yards and a pick. Like what in God's name is their offense doing? I mean, they, they brought back Kurt Soraka because he had such a good like rapport with Tanner Morgan. And he's what like what where was the team that we saw the first two, three weeks against trash competition? I know, but I mean, at least they had good chemistry, you know. Yeah, and, and we talked about that going in a couple of weeks ago. Like, okay, well, now they're starting to actually play some teams, but they looked great and now not so much. Yeah. But. Not so much, yeah. And the backup comes in because Morgan goes out. Uh, he gets hurt. Backup comes in, goes two for six for 17 yards and another two picks. I mean, he completed two passes and he threw two interceptions. So not great, Bob. Mo Ibrahim yeah. is all they have. He is Yeah, it. he is. And, and we'll, we'll talk about him, I think, in the second half of the show and what yeah, but what uh, the, the next couple of weeks holds for him. But Yeah, the Bielma uh, bus, six and one. Yeah, Crazy. all aboard. They're rolling. Yeah, 100%. Um, we caught a little bit of a bad beat on Wisconsin at Michigan State because we mm. both liked under 48 in that game. And it was 21-21 at the end of regulation. So, of course, they go to two overtimes. Uh, Michigan State wins at 34-28. to 28, So they go well past 48. Um, so those, those are two losers for us there. And then – yeah. Crucial, oh. crucial win there for Michigan State if they're yes. going to get anywhere near uh, bowl eligible, win yeah. total of over or bowl eligible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean technically they could still go eight and four, but there's no way they went out. So. No, no chance. Um, but winning that game, I, I think, does put six in reach. So yeah, and then this one, I hesitate to to say we lost necessarily because we record on uh, Tuesday night. And at that time, Kansas was a seven and a half point underdog on the road at Oklahoma. Yeah. And we both really liked Kansas plus those points because Oklahoma's defense has been straight trash for a yeah, month. Garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, and Kansas is scoring quite a bit. And we thought they could certainly keep it within a touchdown. My tipping point was going from that seven to seven and a half mm-hmm. um, and just kind of avoiding that push. But also at that time, we, weren't sure status of Dylan Gabriel. He ended up playing and playing well. That line closed at 10 and a half and Oklahoma yeah. wins 52 to 42. Now yeah. were I laying money on this game, I would have waited until I knew who was playing for whom. And it, I think if I would have gotten the 10 and a half, I would have taken that and it would have been a win, but it wasn't. Uh, and as we know on this show, an L is an L. Indeed. And uh, you know, Kansas, <sighs> 
Jason Bean, he played pretty excellent again. I mean, 265 and four TDs. I mean, I don't think that's really the problem with Kansas at all. I think they just, they they can't tackle anybody. I mean, Oklahoma ripped off 21 in the second quarter and Kansas just couldn't catch them. I mean, they scored 14 points late to try to, you know, to pull within 10, but just didn't matter. It was, it was too late. Yeah. And it really wasn't as close as 52, 42 indicates from the stretches of the game that I watched. Yeah. Now, uh, so in the good news department, we, we hit on some, um, that we, we both liked James Madison and Georgia Southern to go over 63 and a half. We thought that was basically free money. And it was because that final was 45 to 38 Georgia Southern. (laughs) Indeed. And since I had Georgia Southern plus 10 and a half and they won outright, that's two wins for me uh, over in Statesboro. So Georgia Southern closed at plus 372 on the money line. Gosh, oh, dang. man. Yeah, I took them on uh, one of my bets this weekend. I actually got them at plus 12 and a half. And oh my that goodness. was, yeah, it was easy money. And, you know, shout out to uh, the late kick, Josh Pate. Shout out to him because uh, he, I believe it was Monday morning, I listened to, or I saw a piece of his show on Twitter. And he said, take those 11 and a half or 12, whatever it was at that time. He said, take them and run. I was like, I don't like that. He does. I'm going to do the opposite of what I like. And so I actually yeah. bet it and it, it did hit. So yeah, there are, there are times I like kick. <laughs> there are definitely times I trust his computer model more than I trust my eyes. Um, Correct. Yeah. And I think I would have taken George 10 and a half is a lot for a team to get at home in a conference game, especially yeah. a team that can score as much as Georgia Southern. Indeed. Um, so I, I would have taken it anyways, I think. I think we need a south end zone computer model. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, we'll have to get Timmy on that or see what Hunter's doing these days. That, that's yeah, more maybe. his wheelhouse than mine. I know that much. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Hunter could develop us some kind of algorithm or something to predict this stuff. I don't know. LSU at Florida. So Brian Kelly goes and gets mm. a win in the swamp. Yeah. So our... Hour, I mean, both of us, my uh, Florida minus two and a half missed, but you did like the over in that game. And at 45 to 30, what was that? 35? Yeah. Uh, easy, easy call there. Yeah. What? I mean, what in the world happened to Jaden Daniels? I mean, all of a sudden he looks good throwing the ball, 350 and three TDs. I mean, what? Kayshawn Boutte showed up finally, six grabs for a buck 15. I, I think those two sentences are closely related. Yeah. I mean, because there's there's been games where the quarterback looks like he struggled a little bit. And in those games, right, those LSU games that I've seen, which was Tennessee, Florida State, and Auburn. And we talked about it, I think, week before last or last week, maybe. There have been times where Kayshawn Boutte has not looked all that interested in being on the field. Um, Correct, and I think that has a direct effect on the quarterback play. Obviously, if, if that dude is engaged and and he's your first read, you you look a lot more decisive uh, where you're going with the football, and you get better results. Yeah, agree. Yeah, tough tough loss for Florida there at home, uh, and we kind of mentioned it a little bit uh, chatting before the show that I mean, if they don't, if LSU doesn't miss that extra point against Florida State, they're probably six and one right now and ranked pretty decently. Even, I mean, because that Tennessee loss looks a lot less bad now after what we saw this weekend. It does. And honestly, I mean, 
the you know losing to Florida State, who I think is going to end up as probably an eight and four team. Yeah, uh, by one point neutral. <laughs> air quotes, neutral site, right? It's it's yeah. 90 miles from LSU's campus, yeah. but the, sugar the point bowl, remains. Yeah. It's not, it's not death Valley at, on Saturday night. Um, I don't think that loss is going to, you know, it's not like they went out and lost to a group of five or an FCS school. Yeah. So, and I mean, LSU avoids Georgia this year, but they do have to play Alabama. So, I, I mean, I would say that's the only guaranteed loss pretty much left on their schedule, but you know, mm-hmm. it's never a guarantee. Yeah, I and I think I don't remember if we talked about it last night or not, but there I think their number if it was before the show or after or during, but it was an even seven. Yeah, seven even, and I think I was on the under, and I don't like where that one's headed. I think they get yeah, to I'm, eight wins probably. Yeah, I'm the only one of the three of us that took the over. Yeah. So I don't know. Um let's see. Uh Oklahoma State and t- at TCU, which was a fantastic game. Oh yeah, that was a fantastic game. Double overtime thriller, man. It was awesome. Um, so I had Oklahoma state plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. You had TCU minus three and a half. So oh, yeah. with a 43 <laughs> to 40 final score, uh, I won that one. You lost. Yeah. Uh, now I would say TCU also closed at five and a half point favorites. Um, Correct. Yeah. So I would not, I would not have bet them at five and a half. I, I thought I just, after I bet that and it was three and a half, I was like, I bet against Mike Gundy. He's going to screw me yeah. somehow. Well, he came through for you because with 83 total points scored, the over oh, yeah. 68 and a half that we both liked was easy, easy, easy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Spencer Sanders, he didn't do anything fantastic in that game. Just kind of a weird ho-hum kind of game, you know? I mean, they so Oklahoma, Oklahoma State had 24 points in the first half. You know, they were up 24 to 13. And from there, TCU just kind of fired back and scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. And they yeah. outgained Oklahoma State 510 to 386. So if that tells you what kind of game it was, it was just. It was very nobody, back and forth. And I think Spencer yeah. Sanders got hurt at some point. Um, he did. And, he so did Ma- was, and so did Max Duggan. Yeah, they, they both got banged up in the game. Yeah, he, he was pretty bad in the second half. And I think it's maybe, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the second half because that is one of the games we're looking at. But I, I think yeah. there's some questions whether he plays or not. Um, well, the only the only major takeaway I had from that game is uh, Johnston. Quentin, uh, is Quentin Johnston, is that his? Yeah, stud. Yeah, yeah, Capital absolute S, stud. Like yeah, absolute baller. freak of nature. He needs to be a first round draft pick for yeah. somebody in the NFL. Yeah, I think he had like, what did he have? He had eight grabs for a buck eighty and a TD. Yeah, but I think the week before against Oklahoma, I think he put up like two twenty. Oh yeah, I mean he's just been ripping off huge yeah. yardage he's a, amounts. He's and- absurd. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. So um, good for that guy. Shout out to him. Uh, fantastic performance again. Uh, one game that I watched about a quarter of, and I just couldn't take any more. It, was, it just <laughs> wasn't very exciting. Um, NC State was at Syracuse. Devin Leary goes out with injury. Syracuse wins 24-9, to nine, so my NC State plus three did not hit, but your Syracuse <laughs> minus three did. So Yeah, I mean – I don't like their offense, even with Devin Leary in there. I just I hate the way they scheme it. I think it's piss poor. It's kind of like a Josh Gaddis at Miami situation where I just don't think they do. They they need to take the handcuffs off Leary and just let him do his thing. But unfortunately for them and for Leary, 
not only did he not play, but he is out for the season. So I would think uh, NC State's going to fall off pretty hard without him. They may have, they may be circling the drain a little bit, I think, yeah. personally. But yeah. I mean, that, I, have, uh, I have not been thoroughly impressed with them all year to begin with. Yeah. Cause what was their Vegas total? Was it eight and a half or nine and a half? I think it, it was, was pretty, I think it was, it was eight pretty, and a half. It was pretty high. I know. I, I think we all took the over on it. Yeah, I think we all liked them coming into the year. Um, yeah, my I mean, thing was like I expected seven, them to be. Yeah, yeah they had just, 17 starters back and one of the top QBs in the nation. Yeah, and their defense. I was looking at their defense. Their defense is very deep yeah. and experienced, and I thought it was going to be kind of like an Oklahoma State situation last year. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, eight and a half, I don't know if they get there. Um, yeah. But we all took the so. over, so we'll yeah. see. But. Um, it was, Another big was win a, for Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and Syracuse gets bowl eligible. I think the party is ending here in about four days. Oh yeah, party's over, but we'll get to that on the second half of the yeah. show. Um, I'm, so I'm going through the list trying to. I want to save the the real big games for last. So, oh, yeah. uh, so let's transition over to a game that I really thought going in would be a pretty good game, and it ended up very one sided. I know what game you're about to say. You're about well, to say Michigan and Penn State, aren't I you? I am, yeah. <laughs> and that was so this weird. This was a capital B beatdown. It was. And it, so you go into halftime. If you weren't watching that game and you go into halftime, you're like, oh, wow, Penn State's up 16-14 on, you know, in the big house. Wow, this must be a really tight. It was not a tight competitive game. No, um, it was not. It was it, all Michigan in the second half. Yeah. and. Holy smokes. I mean, I, when I, you know, I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, if you're a listener and you follow us on Twitter, I haven't had a chance yet to do our player of the week and, you know, best unit performance of the week, but I'll go ahead and spoil it for you here. Michigan's offensive line was going to be our like best unit of the week because holy shit, man, 418 rushing yards. I don't even know what to make of that. If that's just, they're so much better than Penn state up front or if Penn state's just kind of a smokescreen. Cause I did say last week that I think this is the week we see Penn state get exposed a little bit, but I didn't expect it to be yeah. to the tune of 400 plus yards rushing. Well, they got exposed. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Penn state came into this week ranked fifth in the country in rushing yards per game allowed. And they finished the week in 56th. So that, that was kind of my favorite statistical tidbit of the week. And it really, yeah. I think kind of shows you, you know, and that's not, you know, two or three games into the schedule. That's with six games played, you know, they, their, their yards per game average swung that much on one game. Uh, but Michigan controlled it basically from start to finish. Penn state scored on kind of a fluky batted ball interception that turned into a pick six. Uh, they had at one point they had one first down and two touchdowns. Because of that, they didn't. I think they went three and out their first three possessions. Um, so yeah. it looked close at halftime. It really was not. And then you get into actually, I think they were up 14 13, not 16 14, which I believe is what I said initially. But yeah, Michigan outscores them like 28 to three in the second half. And it was yeah. every bit as one sided as it sounds. So, well, and they just smothered them on defense too. I mean, to yeah. Penn, State, Penn State had 268 total yards. Clifford seven of 19 for a buck 20. I mean, they just, they could not get it going. And that's really what I kind of thought. Like we all coming into this season, we, we thought Michigan would take a step back on defense because they lost their coordinators. 
they lost so many big time players on defense, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, all those guys they had tons of turnover. And I thought, well, they'll take a step back, but man, they no. look like the real deal. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of said it in the group chat this weekend, man. I think Michigan's a playoff contender. I really do. Like I, I thought they would take a big step back, but they look like a legit playoff team to me right now. Yeah, they do. Their defense looks every bit as good as it was last year mm-hmm. um, so far. And, you know, that's defense that gave Ohio State fits last season. So, oh, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know that there's a team in the country outside of maybe Georgia that, that is that, better suited. That's going to have uh, good luck stopping this rushing attack. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe Clemson, maybe Alabama could stop this rushing attack, but there ain't. There ain't many teams out there that you can, you know, conjure up that's going to be able to stop Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Right, and you know, and the quarterback is is he can get out and make some plays too. Uh, yeah, and he, so. you know, they didn't ask him to. I, I like what Harbaugh's doing with him because he's not asking him to do a whole lot. No, he's not saying hey, go win the game. He's saying, yeah, just don't go lose it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he he went seventeen to twenty four for a buck forty five, had an interception, but. You know, if you and I like what he's doing because he's just like, well, shit, we're we're ripping off five, six yards of carry, just run the damn ball, and yeah, I like it. So I, I don't know. I'll be excited to see how Michigan closes out the rest of the year because, you know, they now granted they have played kind of a fluff schedule to this point. This was really mm-hmm. supposed to be their first test. Yeah. So well, they passed, but it is about to get a little more real for them. Yeah. So I'm curious yeah. to see how. You know, against some better competition, but no doubt. Uh, so I was on the Nately Lions on the advice of my wife, uh, plus seven. <laughs> so she got that one wrong, uh, yep. and you hit on Michigan laying those points. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and then I, just, I was not a fan of uh, the Lions there. I just I wasn't buying. I think James Franklin. I, possible I, fraud, possible fraud alert. I just, I mean, he's I got a, he's got a shit record against all his rivals and against top 25 teams. I just, I don't see it, man. I think he's a fraud. Not I buying look it. At, I look at Penn state sort of how, and you've said this about other teams like Notre Dame and Texas A&M to me, they're a quarterback away. Are they though? Are they I, really? I mean, is Sean Clifford that bad? He's not that bad, but he, this is, he hasn't gotten any better. Since three well, years ago, I'll give you that he has not improved. So I don't. But I mean, Drew Aller, they got a five-star quarterback. If if he, I mean, you're telling me that he's not as good. I just, well, I don't know. And and that's what I, you know, I watched Sean Clifford play, and I'm like, God, I just, at, there are times where I like, I have a, a real tough time believing that it's not worth taking a look at Drew Aller. But you know how. Well, I know the fans it's are calling James Franklin's for team, not mine, yeah. I guess, his decision. Yeah. But I, I would be tempted to at least get a couple series here and there yeah. and see what you got because you know, you know what you have in Sean Clifford, right? He's a oh, finished yeah. he's a finished product. There's no mystery to what you're gonna get out of him. So yep. so Clemson was at Florida State, and this is when we were kind of split. So you liked Clemson laying three and a half, and yep. I thought that things were kind of lining up maybe for Florida state to make it a little closer. I wasn't sure that they would win outright. So Clemson builds a big lead. They were up uh, at 20. They were up 34 to 14. At one yeah. They point. were up 20 in the third quarter. They had yeah. uh, 
it's about the last, I don't know, I'd say two or three minutes of the first half and the first three minutes of the second half, kind of that, that six to eight minute window sandwiched around the break that really kind of did in the Seminoles. Um, yeah. Clemson goes out kicks a field goal, get a fumble score in the next play, get the opening kickoff, big return from Will Shipley. They go down and score. Suddenly in the span of, you know, five minutes of game time, they put up 17 points and, you know, Florida state to their credit stayed in it, competed, fought back. Um, they got to within six, uh, final score 34, 28, but uh, my three and a half did not hit and Florida state drops their third straight conference game. So they, they got to fight, but I, I still think they can get to at least seven wins. Um, well, one interesting uh, statistic that I saw from this game was the yardage totals. You know, yeah. I know now I know Florida State got 14 points. You know, some of that was in what you could consider uh, quotation uh, garbage time. But at the same time, I mean, they outgained them by almost 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they put up 206 rushing yards. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting so they- note. They ran the ball extremely well in the first half. And then you get that chain of events around halftime. Suddenly you're down 20 points. Yeah. And you kind of, you kind of have to abandon the run somewhat and be a little more aggressive passing the ball. Um, And they were, as, as they got closer, they ran it a little more, but they did have, you know, what was their yard per carry? Do you have that in front of you? I want to say it was like six. Uh, Let me see here. I can pull it up here. 32 carries for 206 yards. So ballpark what's six ish yeah six yeah roughly 5.9 a carry there you go so yeah and to do that on clemson is not easy uh that's i would venture a guess that that's probably the 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 biggest uh you know rushing yardage total and yards per carry kind of combo that anyone's put up on clemson in a couple of years so oh yeah uh, if you can do that to clemson you can do that to a lot of teams but they just they got they fell behind and and couldn't utilize what I think was maybe a strength for them in that game. So, well, and yeah, they fell behind, and that's really what I think why they Clemson just kind of took advantage, like you said, a couple of opportunistic scores there, and then you know you don't want I I, I feel like that they've got problems with their offensive line, and so that's why they want Jordan Travis throwing the ball forty two times, but. You know, when you're running it at six yards a carry, it's kind of like, uh, do we really want to keep throwing it like that? I don't know. I feel like they pr- probably should have stuck with the run a little bit more. It's just kind of an, an efficiency. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I've thought for a couple of weeks, like uh, the offensive line looks maybe not great at times, but then then you go out and you run for six yards a carry against Clemson. So, well, your yeah. line's doing something right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, we'll I feel see, like but, they're going to be okay the rest of the way. I mean, they're four and three right now. Yeah. There's a good chance that they could go seven and five or eight and four. I mean, they, you know. Yeah. I still think eight and four is their, their likely. Yeah. I think Syracuse is probably, you know, because it's on the road. Yeah. Carrier Dome is not an, a super easy place to play. And Syracuse does have an extremely good defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I saw where they were like number, I believe, number three or four. They're top 10 in the nation in uh, yards per play given up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you look at any d- defensive statistical category that basically that matters. Uh, and Syracuse is either first or second in the ACC on all yeah. of them. No doubt. So, uh, But other than that, I think Florida State might be favored in every game they have remaining. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And Clemson, for their part, they're starting to look like Clemson. And it's, yeah. tough, it's tough to see a loss in their near future. No. 
No, I don't. I don't see one. Yeah. Um, and then to to so let's go with the one that topped off my Saturday night. Uh, the last game I stayed up for was a barn burner, USC at Utah. Oh man, what a game! God, and, if you're a college football fan, and you missed that game, point, was oh. just yeah. Oh man, I feel bad for you if you missed it. This was an incredible watch. I watched the whole last like eh, quarter and a half, and man, I was just so impressed with both both teams. Really, <laughs> it was just a yeah. fantastic game. Yeah, it was. So the one thing we've been talking about with USC was, you know, can they stop anyone? Like get stops, right? They they lead the nation in turnovers, uh, takeaways, and you know, hey, if they're, if they're not getting two or three takeaways a game, can they actually just stop teams? And they struggled to do that, right? They had they had the one takeaway, so they you know they technically did win the turnover battle, but other than that, they didn't they didn't force any stops. Um, so U- Utah scores with gosh, what must have been about thirty seconds left. Yeah, I think it was 50 seconds is what – there was like 48 seconds left. Let me – actually, I've got it right here. Uh, fourth quarter, touchdown. I mean, I know it was inside of a minute. Yeah, it was – yep, 48 seconds left. Okay, so, there you so go. Uh, yeah, Utah scores a quarterback draw. Uh, Cam Rising punches it in, and Utah, to their credit <laughs> – yeah. goes for two they're not going to mess yep. around with overtime let's just nope. and it makes it you know i wish more teams would do this because if you look at usc what is what is their strength and what is their weakness mm. offense if, and defense offense right so we talked about this i think it was arkansas and old miss last year because sam Pittman yep. went for two yeah it's like yeah you know you're playing old miss like if you have a chance to win the game with their offense on the sideline that's that represents your best chance to win and Agree. i think i think utah kind of took that same tact. Well, you know, would I rather take my chances in overtime and give them the ball or just do I trust my team to get three yards against this defense? Yeah. And, and they did. Um, so Cam rising punches in the two point conversion as well. He had, I think five total touchdowns that game, <sighs> man, this guy two, two passing three rushing. Yeah. Spoil another spoiler alert. Yeah. This was going to be our player of the week. Uh, Cam Rising was responsible for 475 yards of offense and five total touchdowns. And also he went out for a series. He got hurt and came back in. So just a massive performance by Cam Rising this week. I mean, just the dude was on fucking fire, man. Yeah. He even caught a pass. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just did it all for him. It was pretty yeah. amazing. So Utah wins that one uh, 43 to 42 in a superb game. You know who else won that night was you and me because we were on USC plus three and a half. So yay us. And (laughs) you also liked uh, over 63, which they, they got that early fourth quarter. So, yeah. And we'll, so we'll finish off with the big one. And before we get started talking about talking about the actual game, let me just say that we went three and oh on this one. Oh yeah. Uh, We were both on Tennessee plus seven and a half. And you liked over 65 and a half. Uh, I left the total alone because my preference on that would have depended entirely on who played quarterback for Alabama. And when we recorded on Tuesday night, I didn't know. So uh, I probably would have taken the over if I had known that Bryce Young was A, going to play, and B, be you know, reasonably healthy enough to look like Bryce Young. Uh, but you did, and you hit the over. 
So Tennessee kicks a last second field goal to win 52 to 49 and uh, insanity ensues. So that line closed at Bama minus nine. So I think yes. a lot of people got on that late. Um, yeah. But, you know, seven and a half uh, still was a winner, obviously. I didn't look at what the money line would have been, but. Uh, uh, it was plus It was plus 240 if you were on. Yeah, it, it, yeah it probably would have closed pretty healthy if, if it was nine points. Yeah, but, it was plus two forty at the close. So all right, so so that's kind of the uh, the intro to that game is that we did well on it. Now the yeah. game itself. So I'll just say this: this <laughs> what a, what we'll just game. get this. We'll just rip this bandaid off and get it out of the way, and then talk about the actual play on the field. Right. So there were some officiating issues in this game. Oh yeah, it, it was not. I didn't think uh, really well officiated, and. The calls that I think should not should not have been made or should have been made but weren't did not benefit Alabama. No, they did uh, not. Hard, hardly any of them. Yeah, now, it, was, having, it, was a t- it was a tough break for Bama there. So, having said that, I would also tell you that there are plenty of things. You know, I would tell you two things. Really, here's my two opinions on that. Um, th- despite that, there were some atrocious calls or no calls. The fact that Alabama had a chance to kick a field goal to take a lead with 20 seconds left, I think is a testament to how good they actually are um, and how well Bryce Young played. And the other thing I would tell you is Alabama had plenty of things that they could have controlled that they did not do well that also cost them. And, you know, in addition to a couple of pivotal calls, it cost them the game. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit in the group chat, but. You know, my biggest question is, where was the pass rush? That was my biggest question as well. Um, And I actually had a conversation about this with somebody who watched uh, the game as well. And in the first two to three drives, Alabama was running a four-man front and uh, trying to get some pressure, and Tennessee was just lighting them up. You know, just – we couldn't stop them. And so – they made an adjustment and backed off and started running a three-man front and dropping eight. And it kind of slowed Tennessee down enough for Alabama to get back into the game. And then late in the game, they started running a four-man front and trying to get some more pressure. And, you know, it just (laughs) – Jalen Hyatt, I mean, good grief, what a game. Five touchdown catches. They just – they did not have an answer for that guy. And – but like you said, I mean – Hinton Hooker's jersey was clean when he came off the field. I mean, they didn't get anywhere near him all night. And with a guy like Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, it's kind of curious. You begin to wonder, like, there was no holding calls on Tennessee all night, which, okay, fine. Maybe they weren't holding. But what kind of scheme are we running where we're not taking advantage of having two of the best pass rushers in America being in at least – I mean, if I'm a coach – and I've got Will Anderson and Dallas Turner on my team, I'm going to let them go and hit the quarterback. Even if I get beat deep one time, I want them to hit the quarterback because, in my opinion, good things happen when you hit the quarterback. And they just didn't do it, man. So, I mean, you're right. Where was the pass rush? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. And I would tell you, if it wasn't Jalen Hyatt, I think it would have been – I think it would have been someone else. 
Yeah, think, imagine if Cedric Tillman would have played. Right. I, I think Tennessee just got in some formations and they were able to identify, hey, who is the safety covering? And I think it just happened to be Jalen Hyatt those times. I think they would have yeah. gone to whoever the safety was covering. Yeah. Six catches know, for 207. It, <laughs> yeah. <it's so. laughs> Five touchdowns. I mean, it's just, I've never seen anything like that. That was a fantastic win for Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about the game for an hour, but Bryce Young was my biggest takeaway. I mean, that guy, without him, Alabama loses that game by three touchdowns minimum. Like, I'm talking it would have been a blowout if he's not in there. He just put the team on his back. I mean, that guy was cool as a cucumber all game, threw for 455, extremely impressive. I mean, he showed why he was the Heisman winner a year ago. Yeah, I I think if they got Milrow in there, nothing against the kid, but – that game's ugly fast. Yeah, I agree. So, so we'll I, see. Um, you know, Nick Saban had some pretty to the point uh, comments as far as what he thinks about his team going forward. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised at all to see maybe some different players on the field in certain spots. Um, yeah. I, I think he's maybe unhappy with more than just the final score of that. I think he's unhappy with a handful of particular people. Yeah, that and that's – I mean, Feinbaum talked about it this week. He talked about how Saban said the players don't fear him like they used to, you know, because they're – it's just different. It's a different game now, NIL. Did, did Feinbaum say that, or did Feinbaum say that Saban said that? What I read is that he said Saban said that, but I don't – I didn't verify. I didn't hear Saban say that, so mm. – I don't care what Paul Feinbaum has to say. Ninety nine point nine percent of the I, time. I think what so. I got out of it was Feinbaum said that someone said or thinks that Saban thinks or yeah. And I, I don't. That could I be. Mean, I don't know. But uh, what, don't. as an Alabama fan, like the only real issue that I had because I mean they they, they had their chances to win. I mean they still they lined up for a fifty yarder and if you know Riker makes that kick, they probably win. So, and we wouldn't be talking about all this, but they just, this is not your, your daddy's Alabama that was playing in 2015 when Derrick Henry was there and we had just this, we had Kirby smart and we had a just absolute ferocious defense and it's just not that team anymore. We're like, they're, they're kind of soft on defense. They're more bend but don't break kind of defense. And they just, they're not as aggressive as they used to be. Their defensive linemen don't really get a big push up front. I don't know whether it's scheme or the type of athletes they're recruiting. It's just, it's just a softer kind of vanilla look. And that works on both sides of the ball, offense, especially offense. I mean, I feel like, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I feel like I could, if you gave me a week, I could come up with a defense that could, you know, give Alabama some problems with what they do on offense. Bill O'Brien, not the dude. Not a fan, huh? Not a fan. And I mean, you can look at it and say, oh, well, they scored 49 points. Yeah. Well, that's because they have Bryce Young. You know, he's the best quarterback in America. And if they don't have him, they're not scoring 49 points. I'm just here to tell you, like, without Bryce Young, Alabama would be extremely average on offense. Just point blank period. They don't have a big time playmaker out wide like they had last year with Jameson Williams and John Mechie. They don't, I mean, Jameer Gibbs is really good, you know, but they don't really have a guy behind him. And I don't feel like they utilize him all that well. 
But without Young, they're just they're an average team, in my opinion. It's kind of the opposite of a team like Notre Dame or Penn State, where we say they're a quarterback away. Well, Alabama is like quarterback and nothing else on offense. Bryce Young is 10 guys away from <laughs> Yes, that's right. Bryce Young is 10 dudes away. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not like over here crying in my, you know, I'm not worried about it that, you know, we're not going to have a good season the rest of the way. Alabama still controls their own destiny. You know, so do, so does Tennessee. They got to play Georgia. If they beat Georgia, then, you know, they're in the driver's seat for the SEC. So really interesting going forward. But, uh, you know, after 15 years, great win for Tennessee. You know, I'm, I'm happy for their fan base and whatever. I know it was against my team, but God, I mean, to get off this night after 15 seasons, rush the yeah. field, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, in, in a game like that, too, as far as how the game went. So, High drama on uh, Saturday evening, but yeah, so that no that's doubt. all of our uh, all of our picks from last week from a a loaded week seven. Our final tally: so you went five and five against the spread, and I was four and six. Uh, somehow we did not pick the same number of totals, so I was two and two on totals. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you you were five and two, so you did much better there. Mm. So uh, I need to stop picking spreads and just pick totals. You Got might. It. You might. I don't know. I don't know why you picked seven and I picked four. I guess I got to get with well, the program. Well, you know, I don't always lay money on all the things that we pick on this podcast because sometimes the lines change or I wait for injury news or whatever. But uh, my trend here as of late has been I lose all my money on Saturday and then I win it all back on Sunday. So, you know, here lately I've had much better luck with NFL than I have college. Well, I'm sure that's frustrating, but it is a lot better spot than than a lot of other people who just lose money Saturday and then go on about their week. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, that's all the games, and then let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into some week eight picks. Yeah, so speaking of DraftKings, uh, now, Eric, I know me and you both probably watched every snap of Alabama and Tennessee, and, <laughs> man, like – Imagine you're that kicker for Tennessee. You're lining up. You got this field goal. Like you, I mean, you're not going to get the ball back. Time's expiring. Like you're, this is the kick of your life. I mean, just if you're a, like me, I was a fan. I was like glued into this, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And so, you know, then he makes the kick and well, we lost. But if you, I mean, now if you're a listener and you like big plays and, kicks like that at the end then well you can make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers now right now new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins now in addition to that everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays all right, now, Eric, a matchup that I know since it's right there in your backyard that you might be interested in is the 5-1 and one Giants are on the road at the 2-4 and four Jaguars. You going to be watching that one? I will, because I've been kind of hoping for a couple of years now that the Jaguars start to play something resembling competent football. I wouldn't have expected the Giants this year to be where they're at. Um, yeah, I don't well, think anybody expected the Giants to be five and one. They're but a here pretty we are. surprising five and one. This is one of those <laughs> games. If I did, if I wanted to to take my youngest son to a, a Jags game coming into the year, this is this would have been one I picked because I was oh I could get cheap tickets because these teams are going to be garbage. But uh, Giants look like they can play, so it'll Indeed. be interesting to see if if uh, if Jacksonville can hang. 
Yeah, and uh, you know what's funny? They're two and four, but they're Jacksonville's actually favored to win. So Vegas is not buying into the five and one Giants to go and get a win here. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But for our listeners, you guys can make things even sweeter. When you throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Now, first thing you got to do, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPM. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. That's our network that we broadcast on. So TPPN, you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code TPPN. Now, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply there, so check out our show notes for the details. everybody welcome back to the south end zone podcast here on the pigskin podcast network all right eric we got week seven behind us it's a new day we got uh we did okay ish on the week not you know about 500 on spreads i did pretty good on totals so you know i think we went seven and four combined on totals so no not terrible we were in the plus column for the week as a as a duo so yeah we're, we're in the right column yeah we are I'll in the right it. column yeah it's uh we're not far from being no we've had plenty of weeks where we're in the wrong column so i'll just <laughs> yes. when we're in the right column i'll just take it and run correct yeah yeah we don't want to look like the ambiguously gay duo but uh <laughs> all right so for week eight we're uh we're going to get into some games here. Let's see. Let's count them up. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games that we're going to talk about here. It's, it's kind of a light week this week, a little bit of a lighter slate. Got some teams starting to get into their bye weeks. But the first game I'm going to throw at you is a humongous line here. It is. And it is the worst offense in America against possibly the best offense in America. Likely that the would, best, yeah. And that would be three and three Iowa against number two Ohio State. The total is 49 and a half, and the line is up to 29 currently. And there are there's some 29 and a halves out there, and there's some 28 and a halves out there too. So so what do you I mean, are we are we just taking the points with Ohio State and running? Yeah, I I would lay those. I mean, if I can if I can get 28 and a half, cool. Yeah. I'm I'm perfectly fine with taking 29. So I, to me, how you feel about this line depends on, do you think Iowa can score 10 points? Um, because Ohio State's probably going to score 40. Uh, you know, Ohio State's 5-1 against the spread this year. They've put up 45-plus five straight games. They're averaging 50 points per game in conference play. Like they are going to score. I get that Iowa is a better defense than probably anyone they've played so far, but I also don't care. They're, they're going to score the football, um, <laughs> and I think Ohio State's defense is improved enough. Not that they have to be uh, all that improved to to really kind of stifle the explosive Iowa offensive attack, but I think they're good enough to do that. So I'm 
I'm expecting something like a, a 42-7, 42-10 type game. So Yeah, I, I don't know that Ohio State scores 47 or 48 points. I am with you that I would probably lay the 28. If I could get it at 28, I would lay it. Um, but I I would almost be more apt to take the under here at 49 and a half because I think Iowa is just going to try and make – I mean, what can you do if you're Iowa? The only thing that you can do is try and play ball control and just keep the ball away from them, run the clock – just keep their offense off the field, whatever you have to do. Don't throw it away to the other team and just run the clock and make them play an ugly game and let's get out of here in three hours with a 35 to nothing loss. <laughs> like, I think I, I would be more apt to take the under, but 28 I, I, I like, Yeah, I like the under as well because I don't, I just don't see Iowa contributing to that total yeah, more no. than, more than like nine points. Yeah, I mean, um, I I could see him maybe getting a touchdown in garbage time, you know, getting to like ten, you know, maybe a field goal throughout the game, and then score a late touchdown to make it ten. Yeah, but, I don't think Iowa State Ohio State is going to go go out there and score fifty six, but I would take the under because I think to me this game going over, you know, Iowa's defense is good enough to at least slow them down a little bit. Yeah. But for this game to go over, I feel like Iowa has to get a defensive touchdown or something on special teams, you know, block yeah. a punt, whatever. And, you know, that's just not that likely to happen. So I would take the under 49 and a half. Yeah. Also. And I mean, I'll be honest too, though. I mean, it wouldn't, from what I've seen from Iowa this year, it wouldn't shock me if it was 56 to nothing at halftime. I mean, I just, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, but. If you were, if you had a gun to my head and told me to bet, I would bet the under and just leave the total alone, probably. But force me to pick a spread. I'm not laying the points with Iowa. I would just, you know, I'm mm -mm, nope. (laughs) I would lean Ohio State there. So, man, that mm, I feel bad for Iowa. Spencer Petrus mainly. But uh, all right, next game on the docket here. Texas and Oklahoma State. Now, this one, we've kind of been back and forth here. I asked Timmy a couple of – maybe it was you or Timmy. I can't remember. I I asked, was Texas the best team in the Big 12 right now? Where do you stand on that question today? I think if you made me pick a Big 12 championship game and what are the two best teams, I, I think I would take TCU and Texas. Because it sounds like Spencer Sanders is not going to play this game. Yeah. And if they get if they get bagged with a second conference loss, they're more or less out of it. Um and just you know, to to me, I think Texas is now that they're a little wishy-washy. Like you would expect them to come out and score more than 16 points against Iowa State, right? Given what they did to you know Oklahoma and you know, well, I, I'm going to tell you, I I bet on Iowa State. That's one that we should have mentioned last week because that, that was a huge line. It was like 16 and a half. And right. I was talking to my brother about that, and that's actually uh, a game that he pointed out to me too. He's like, that's free money. He's like, this is Iowa State's fucking Super Bowl, and they've beat them three years in a row. He's like, coming off of that 
you know, Oklahoma win and all of that. He's like, I'm telling you, this is layover, hangover yeah. city. Let down and, game. Yep, let down. Classic letdown scenario. And it really was. So, you know, that I don't put too much stock into you know them struggling with Iowa State a little bit. I think it was just like you said, a hangover. So mm. but the line on this game is Texas minus six and a half currently. Yep. The total is sixty one. So where are you at with that? Uh, I wouldn't. I'm laying the points with Texas uh, because I don't think Spencer Sanders is going to play, and he apparently has an injured shoulder. And so it stands to reason if he does play, he may not. He may look more like second half against TCU t- Spencer Sanders than first half against TCU Spencer Sanders. Yeah, which is a stark difference. So uh, I'm going to trust Texas to kind of get their mind right. And maybe they got a little bit of a wake up call last week and I think they'll come out and they will play well. And I like the over as well. Yeah. That Spencer Sanders not playing has me questioning the total. Mm -hmm. I I think Oklahoma state, it's kind of the same situation I just talked about with Iowa. If Spencer Sanders doesn't play, Oklahoma state has to make Texas play an ugly game. You know, they, they can't let Queen of Ewers stand back there and just pick them apart. They've got to play good defense, and they've got to be able to run the ball. And Texas has been susceptible to the run. So I think it's a pretty good line, even if Quinn Ewers doesn't play. I don't see this being a blowout. I would be more apt to – it's weird that I'm even saying this, but probably – well, no, 61, I would probably still take the over, honestly, because Oklahoma State has given up a ton of points in the past. But – it's it's Gundy. Whatever I think is going to be the opposite, so it'll probably go under sixty one. <laughs> so, but I'm with you. Just yeah. gun to or, my head, I would I would lay the points with Texas. Yeah, or even better, just like a thirty one thirty final, and, and just yeah. l- land right on the number for you. Just a oh, Gundy yeah. special. Oh yeah, D- typical. That'd be right in. Uh, I mean, it'd be <laughs> fucking Gundy. I hate that guy. You know, okay. Now, if you're a listener, I know I give Mike Gundy a lot of shit. Okay. But I actually like the guy personally. Like, I don't think he's a douchebag. I just give him a hard time because, you know, he wears a mullet and he makes outlandish takes occasionally and cries about referees or sports writers crushing his kids or whatever, you know. So I give Gundy a lot of flack, but in all realities, you know, I like him. I I think he's the, what, second most tenured coach in America behind. I believe uh, so. I think yeah. I think he's right behind Ference now that Gary Patterson uh, had had moved on. Yeah, so he's, he's right up there with like Whittingham. Yeah, so I mean that. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good line, but I I probably would lay the points with Texas as well. So, uh, moving on a little bit here, uh, Ole Miss and LSU. Now this one, this is a fickle one to me. I. I I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole, if I'm being honest. I mean, it opened at a pick and it's up to LSU minus one and a half now. Mm-hmm. So Vegas not really buying Ole Miss quite yet, even though they're 7-0 and and ranked number seven in the country. They are a one-and-a-half-point dog on the road at unranked LSU. Now, a uh, little context here. This is the 3.30 Eastern CBS game, so it is not a night game in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, total. And if, oh, if and it the, was, the total, we'd probably see something like three and a half or four. And a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the total is sixty-eight. So, what do you got on this? Uh, I've got Old Miss covering that a, a point and a half. I, I don't know how much of the Tennessee LSU game you watched, um, 
But I watched that, a good, a fair amount of it. Okay. So Hendon Hooker deservedly gets a ton of the attention throwing the ball, but Tennessee ran all over those guys. And if you want to pick a team that can just run all over people, you could do a whole lot worse than the Old Miss Rebels. Yes. Uh, they, they're probably, I would say, one of the top five-ish rushing attacks in the country. Um, you know, and I think people think of Lane Kiffin and they think, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's out there. You know, he's got Matt Corral just throwing it all over the field. He really doesn't. You know, no. he's got two very good running backs. He's got a quarterback who would move. They ran for, you know, granted it was against Auburn, but they ran for, I think, near 400 yards last week. Yeah, it was three. It was three fifty plus, I believe. So. Yeah, and they had they had three guys with hundred yards rushing. One of them was the quarterback. So, my know, concern I, there, though, is they let Auburn hang around. They, they let Auburn hang around for a while. I mean, that was a that was a competitive game for three and a half quarters. <laughs> so, well, I, so Old Miss they got it ahead, and then the lead kind of bounced back and forth between seven and fourteen. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there were any, you know, ever really in any danger of losing the game. It was just they never really put them away. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that they need to necessarily put LSU away. They just need to cover a point and a half. And I think they can do that. I think they can, you know, running the ball. Um, both teams run the ball pretty well. I think I would take the under 68 just because I think this game's going to be pretty run heavy and it's not going to be as explosive, quick scoring. Yeah, I think it'll drag out a little bit. Um, so give me the under 68, but give me old mm. missing the points. Man, See, I, that's funny, man. I'm on the complete opposite side of this thing. Okay, I well, think, before you say that, these two teams combined have gone under 9 out of 14 games. Yes, and that is why. I mean, this is a, a fickle, crazy season, man. And I think this is one of those games where it could turn into a track meet. Ole Miss does not play great defense, and LSU doesn't really play great defense either. I mean, they gave up 35 points to Florida last week. Who's got a better offense, Ole Miss or Florida? I think that would be a resounding Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have a much better offense. So I could see this turning into a bit of a track meet here, especially with Daniels looking good throwing the ball now. I would take the over 68 here and just leave it at that. I wouldn't touch the total. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the week, and we'll just see what happens. But wouldn't shock me if LSU won, but it wouldn't shock me if Ole Miss won and covered either. So I wouldn't touch the total, but I would take the over 68 and expect it to be a, you know, 35 to 38 type of game, you know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, time will tell. Indeed, it will. So, I don't know. That's that's one of the only ones that I'm really excited about this week. But uh, sticking in the SEC for a minute, what do you think about Texas A&M going on the road to South Carolina? Because this one, I man, it wouldn't shock me. If, I'm hoping South Carolina gets the upset, honestly, cause, just because I think it would be funny. But uh, Texas A&M is laying three on the road here, and the total is 44-and-a-half. I would – lean more towards this goes under I under mean, am I crazy no that I was going to jump in and just give you the the Timmy one word answer <laughs> under under um, <laughs> yeah A&M's gone under uh 60 percent so nine of their last 15 games and we've talked yeah. at length about their offense uh you know in South Carolina for their part offensively they're 
they're bad up front. Um, you know, and because of that, Spencer Rattler, who I think is a talented guy, has looked pretty average. They don't do a great job running the ball. I just think it's going to be a slog. Um, you know, defensively, I think both teams are good enough. Certainly, Texas A&M has the type of athletes on defense to really, you know, keep a keep a team like South Carolina kind of pinned down. Um, I would probably lay the points with A&M, but I'm definitely on the under 44 and a half. Yeah. Now, if it it opened at uh, four and a half for A and M, I would be more. I would lean more towards laying the point or taking the points with South Carolina if it was still at four and a half. But given that it's down to three, I'm with you. I would probably lean more towards. I'm just going to take the under, and then if I'm really feeling froggy, throw a money line bet on South Carolina at plus one thirty in a parlay. <laughs> you know, just in case. So. I don't know. I that's another one. It is a night game, so they'll have sandstorm rocking. All the light show will be going crazy. It'll be a should be exciting to watch. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a hard fought game, and I think the atmosphere will be wild. I don't know if if any of the listeners, if you haven't seen any of the video clips of uh, South Carolina's new their whole light setup that they put in, and when they do all that, it. It'd be a fun atmosphere. It'd be one of those games like I'd really like to be there, even if the game is I expect it to be kind of ugly at times. Yeah. yeah. Should be interesting. All right. Well, I'm gonna breeze through this one pretty quick because I just I don't think there's much to this. Mm-hmm. Uh Minnesota on the road at Penn State. Under. Yeah, <laughs> yeah under again. I don't know. I, I honestly th- that's kind of a I think the total is a good number. I would be more I know this opened at five and a half for Penn state. I would honestly lay the points at minus four here. Yeah. I would lay minus four as well, but I like, you know, if I can only place one bet, it would be the under Tanner Morgan. If he's not playing, we've talked about Sean Clifford and Penn state's offense, you know, and Minnesota, especially if they are playing a backup quarterback, they're not going to be able to run the ball like Michigan did. Yeah. So I think Penn state defensively will look more like they looked against Auburn than they looked like, last week against Michigan. I, I think it's going to be a kind of a knockdown drag out. Uh, I would be on the under 44 and a half. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would just lay the points of Penn state there and go on. I don't think Minnesota is very good. I don't think Penn state's all that great either, but I think they probably bounce back a little bit. Minnesota on the road. I think they're in trouble. So I hate it for the Gophers, but I uh, do not see PJ Fleck rowing the boat through happy Valley this week. Mm-mm. Um, all right, so back to uh, my boys here, Alabama. They are back home this week after that loss to Tennessee, facing our boy, our guy Leach. He's uh, after laying an egg up in uh, up in Kentucky. He's coming to Tuscaloosa, and he is a twenty-one point dog, and the total is sixty and a half. Where are you at on this? Well, I'm conflicted. Um... I would tell you this morning I was at a different place. This morning uh, I was thinking Nick Saban revenge tour, lay the twenty one. It's going to be a blowout. Uh, you know Mississippi State is not the same type of offense as Tennessee. They're not trying to beat you deep. They're trying to eight, ten, twelve yard you to death and maybe you know rack up some yards after the catch. And they don't run the ball. Um, they run it okay, but they don't really prioritize running the ball. They don't run the ball like Tennessee can run the ball. So now you are talking, you know, Alabama maybe letting their pass rushers loose a little more uh, because they're not as afraid of the run. 
but I saw this afternoon Texas or not Texas uh, Mississippi State actually had one of their players pass away this morning. Yes. Yeah. Um, 19-year-old kid. Yeah, they don't uh, know what happened. They're investigating. Yeah, a freshman offensive lineman. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, how that team responds to something like that happening four days before a big game against a big-time opponent, it usually swings hard one way or the other. Yeah. And it's anyone's guess which way. So um, I would probably just take over 60 and a half and leave the line alone. Cause I don't know, maybe Mississippi state comes out and played inspired enough to, to keep it within 14 points or so. Yeah. I'm kind of the, of the same mindset, but I would be on the opposite end of the total. I would take the under 60 and a half. I, I think this will be like did a I, 30. I, I think it'll be like a 35 to 10. Kind what did of I game. say? Did I say over? You did say over. Okay. Yeah. I meant under. Okay. All right. Well, then we're of the same mindset then. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a Alabama's not going to try to grind them into dust and beat them 62 to seven. I think it'll be more of just a, it'll be a convincing victory, I think, but I, I could see it being like a 35 to 14 or 35 10 type of game. Maybe Alabama covers the 21. Maybe they don't, but I feel much more comfortable betting the under 60 and a half here. Yeah. So. I, and I'm very, I mean, I'm, supremely confident that Alabama comes out and wins the game. And I think they'll yeah. do it convincingly. I just yeah. am not sure uh, if 21 is the right number. So I would just leave it alone and say it'll yeah. be more like you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, the, the, they're at a major uh, bad matchup here because Mississippi state, their, their offensive tackles are just not very good and they're facing, you know, two of the best pass rushers in the country. So I don't like the matchup for Mississippi state. I think it could get ugly. But I just don't think Nick Saban, with everything that's going on, I just don't see him scoring 60 this week. So give me the under. But um, all right. So moving forward, uh, this is actually a really, this is one of my favorite games of the week here. Uh, TCU and Kansas State. Now, let me double check this. I'm trying to find it. Hang on. Where Where is this game? It's it's at TCU. It's at TCU. Yep. Okay. It's, it's an eight o'clock game at TCU. Uh, and they're favored by three and a half. I got three and a half as of a couple hours ago. Okay. All right. That's why I couldn't find it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. That's all the so, way down. Yeah. yeah. It's all the way down here at the bottom. Okay. So yeah, TCU, they are at home and facing Kansas State. The line is three and a half currently. And let's see, what's the best I can get you? Yeah, three and a half is the best I can get you right now. I can't get you a minus three, but um the total's fifty-four and a half here. I'm just gonna say uh I'm gonna give the one answer, one word answer yeah. for Timmy this time. Over, same, same, yeah. <laughs> over, give me the over. I, I think this is a high scoring affair. I, I don't know, man. I kind of want to lay. I kind of want to take the points with Kansas State. Yeah, here. I, I do. This is a close game. I do. If, if you're gonna, if if you can get three and a half instead of three, I would take those. Um, K State's five and one against the spread this year, and they, I think they play just good enough defense. Even though TCU has scored 38 plus, uh, I think every game, right? I believe so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, love the over, um, but I don't know. I just, I can't shake the, the feeling like K State is maybe a sleeper in that, in that conference. Um, yeah, you know, and if you, I mean, I would almost be more willing to put this as like an upset pick. Like if we were picking upsets, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past myself to just bet Kansas State at plus 141 on the money right. line here. 
So, I mean, TCU, they've looked great, but Kansas State can actually play a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I yeah, I, I mean, do expect TCU to score, but it, you know, we we love the over here, but yeah. I would probably lay the points with K-State here at plus three and a half. Yeah, I would I'm on uh K-State plus three and a half and the over fifty-four and a half. You know, K-State they got that one loss and that's on the road to Tulane, which is starting to look like a good, like a quality team. Um, you know, the week before the Oklahoma game. So maybe they're kind of looking past them and not giving Tulane as much credit as they should have. But yeah, you know, Tulane is in the mix for that group of five spot for the New Year Six Bowls. I mean, they're five and one or six and one, whatever they are. So K State, I think, is maybe a bit underrated here. But it's possible. And I think this game, like, I think they're in a. Kleiman knows that this is a crucial game because I mean they're they're going back home after this to face Oklahoma State and Texas back to back. So this is a like must win game if you're trying to get to the Big Twelve title game. So I think they'll leave it all on the field, man. So give me K State and the points here. Yeah, but, this uh, this is definitely the one I'll be watching on the evening slate. Oh yeah, uh, and then we got two more here before we close it out. We've run okay. kind of long here, but uh, I think we're doing okay. All right, so two more here. We got, uh, let's see, Clemson and Syracuse. Now, mm. this game is, let me find it. I'm having noon. to scroll. Noon slate. Yep, see? scroll I'm up. Having to, yep, scroll all the way back up to the top here. Good grief. All right, so Syracuse on the road at Clemson. Syracuse is uh, getting 13 and a half here, and the total is 49 and a half. Uh, under? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, under. Uh, Clemson's scored 30 plus every game, but we talked about Syracuse earlier. Very, very good defense. Um, but I, Clemson's, Clemson's going to walk all over these guys. Let's be real. I I think. Are so, they though? Okay. So Syracuse ordinarily plays them close and Syracuse is five and one against the spread. I think a lot of the, you know, that five and one is maybe some, some early season uh, underrating from Vegas maybe not getting the credit they just, you know they're a little better than maybe everyone thought they were but um you know I like the under cuz Syracuse has given up 20 points or less in 5 of their 6 games and Clemson obviously has a very good defense so but I just I think Clemson is just that much better um so well, I, they're certainly a lot more talented that, that's yeah. for sure and you know we talked early with the Week seven wrap up. I think Clemson's starting to look like Clemson and they're playing yeah. at home. Um, so yeah, I like I like Clemson minus 13 and a half. Mm, and man. I, like, I like the under more. Yeah, I love the under here at 49 and a half. I I I'd take the under here. I think this is gonna be an ugly game. And for me, the key in this game is can Syracuse get Sean Tucker going? I mean, if they can get him going. He's ripping off some good runs, and they're you know staying on the field and keeping Clemson's offense off the field. They've got a chance to you know make it a decent game. Now, as far as the spread goes, I don't see Clemson covering this spread midway through the second quarter, or you know like pulling away to make it a sure thing. Like I think I could see Clemson pulling away towards the end, like if Syracuse just runs out of gas. But I think it's one of two things, either. Clemson just demolishes them or it's a hard fought game all the way to the end. I don't think there's any in between like a old Miss Auburn situation where they just kind of bounce back and forth between a seven and 14 point lead all game. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just one or the other end of the spectrum. So 
I would just bet the under and I would gun to my head. I would probably take the points if you're going to give me almost two touchdowns. Like if I could get a 14, I'm all over Syracuse, but at 13 and a half, I probably wouldn't touch it. Yeah. No, I wouldn't touch Clemson uh, minus 14, but if, if you can get minus 13 and a half and buy yourself yeah. that half, that's a big half point. Um, yeah. hundred percent. You can't, there are some 14s out there. If you're a listener, yeah. there are a couple of, there's, I believe, two outlets where you can get a 14 here. So Yeah, so if you like Syracuse to keep it close and you can get a 14 somewhere, then then go for that. But Yeah, yeah. So to be clear, I would take Syracuse at plus 14, but uh, I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to just take the under 49 and a half. And then last game here, uh, the big one, college game day, Oregon and UCLA. <sighs> Bo Nix, he's at home this week. Home, home Bo Nix, yeah. <laughs> home, home Bo Nix is in full effect here. So, what are we looking at here? This is a let's see, what is this? A six o'clock game? Uh, it's three thirty East Coast, so it's okay. A, it's a noon thirty kickoff out there. Yep, there we go. All right, so Oregon is laying six and a half at home, and the total is sixty nine and a half. This actually opened at five and a half for Oregon and seventy and a half on the total. So. Mm-hmm. People are betting the under a little bit, and people are betting on Oregon a little bit. Where are you at? Well, I don't know why. I'm surprised that people are betting the under enough to drag the total down because Oregon scored 40-plus in their last five games, and UCLA has scored 40-plus in five of their six games this year. UCLA has gone over uh, five out of their six games, and they're 5-1 and against the spread. So looking at these two teams in particular, Oregon's won, I think, eight of the last nine overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so it's been fairly one-sided, but the last two games head-to-head, Oregon's won by three each time. I like the over, 69 and a half, and I'm going to take the points with UCLA. Oh, man, taking the points with Chip and his yeah. return to Oregon. I yep. like it, man. That is a bold move. I, I think- now, I don't know that I like them to win, but you know, if you got guys you know, like Zach Charbonnet and DTR, I, I just don't see them losing by a lot like you can talk me into yeah they lose by three or four points or six but you know a full touchdown i think they keep it closer well i look at these two teams and this is you know i don't want to dig into this too much but i think about these two teams and i'm like who's more battle tested the toughest game that ucla had played is utah and they were at home for that game the toughest game Oregon has played is obviously they were in the Georgia Dome or well the Mercedes Benz the big the big Mercedes Benz Stadium and they got their asses handed to them by Georgia in Week One. So I I would honestly lean more towards Oregon here covering this. I think home Bo Nix is big in this game. I think the crowd is probably big, but I'm with you. <laughs> Give me the over. I I think this is a high scoring affair. It's an early kick. I just maybe it goes under 69 and a half, but I don't see it. I just I think this is a high scoring affair here. So give me the over, but I would I would take I'm gonna lay the points with Oregon here. I think yeah. Ducks, I mean once you get this 37 33, which I think is yeah. easily attainable for these two teams, all right, then you, oh, yeah. you've hit the over. So I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that the there's been enough under bets that it actually came down from 70. Yeah. But I'm I happy. Agree. Yeah. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the six and a half with UCLA, would you feel comfortable enough to take the money line at plus one eighty five? Probably not. 
I think I th- to me, I think just taking those points is a better deal than than risking them winning outright, even if you know you're going to almost double your money. Yeah, it's kind of a you know risk reward thing. It's I, covering a touchdown to me is just a safer bet than going to win outright, even though the payoff obviously is bigger. Indeed. All right. Well, that's all the matchups we had written down here. So scrolling through here, are there any other games that are really interesting to you? Any of note that you can think of? Um, not without that- getting deep into the Sun Belt, which I don't think you're in any hurry to do. <laughs> Georgia Southern and Old Dominion? No. Um, South Alabama. Oh, that's I, I'm I'm glad you said that earlier because looking at South Alabama, they like you said they may end up being that they they are a New Year's Six Buster I mean, type they, team. Yeah. Their only losses to UCLA, right, on a last second field goal. Yes, yeah, yeah, by two or three points on the road. Um, yeah, yeah. South Alabama is a sneaky. I don't want to say sneaky good team because I really don't. Yeah, you know, it's tough to tell if you don't watch a team and I have not seen them yet this year, but I think a lot of people who don't pay a ton of attention to the Sun Belt would be surprised to find out that the South Alabama Jaguars um, are in fact five and one and they are in first place in the Sun Belt West and their only loss is on the road to UCLA 32 to 31. So uh, but they have Troy at home this week and I don't have the lines in front of me. Hmm but it's a uh, it's it's actually a Thursday night game I think. Oh. Okay. Well, if it's Thursday night, no, it's not a Thursday night. That would be Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, 6:30 or 7:30 Eastern on Thursday. South Alabama minus 3. Totals 46 and a half. Hmm. Yeah. I give me the Jags and and <laughs> lay those points. That's actually a good game. Five and two, Troy. Five and one, South Alabama. Yeah, it's yeah and, and Troy's no slouch either. I mean, their losses are at App State and at Old Miss. Like, how much are you going to penalize them for that? Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw a couple of more at you. Rapid fire. Kansas on the road at Baylor. Kansas is plus the eight. Totals 58 and a half. Kansas at Baylor plus eight. Uh, ooh, tough one. Um well, Believe in the Jayhawks. <laughs> give me the Jayhawks plus the points. I think give me the under would be my pick. What did you say? <laughs> 56 58 and a half? 58 and a half. 58 and a half. Yeah, I think I like that under. I think Baylor plays good enough defense and bad enough offense to to maybe keep that one. God, Kansas doesn't play a ton of defense either, though. I don't know. Um, give me the over. I'll take the over 58 and a half. You can take the under and give me the Jayhawks plus the points plus the eight. I'll take it. Yeah, I think I would just take Kansas plus the eight. All right. Duke, Miami. Duke's on the road. Miami minus nine and a half. Total's 58. What do you got? <sighs> Boy, uh, Duke going on the road in the hostile environment. Um, <laughs> oh, let's see. I, I actually posted a, a pic of <laughs> that, that I took of my TV. During like going, uh, coming out of the commercial break in the first half of Middle Tennessee at Miami, and there's there's legit like 600 people in the stands. Um, I put that on Twitter and like the comment section of um, something about this game in particular because I think someone was confused why why Duke was a uh, not a bigger underdog. I was like, well, you know, uh, yeah, give me Duke in the points because I think Miami's offense is just that bad. All right. I like it. Uh, 
I wouldn't touch the total. Give me the under 58. Uh, or sorry, I wouldn't touch the line. I'll just take the under 58 there. Okay, uh, last couple here that I had. BYU on the road at Hugh Freeze and Liberty. BYU is laying six and a half on the road. Total's 58. Give me Liberty or give me death. Plus yeah. the six and a half. Yeah, Let's great go. teams cover. Give me the points. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Give me Hugh Freeze. Come on, man. You need to come back. You've kind of been slacking. You hadn't yeah. been hitting for me, so get it back. Hugh Freeze is a covering machine. Yeah, well, he was the last couple of seasons, man. I rode him two years ago like a freaking horse, man. The guy just he was he was like nine and one against the spread in the first ten weeks. It was just like every week, bet liberty. I mean, last week last year you guys banned me from picking them. They were hitting so much. Uh, that was that was Timmy. <laughs> it's like, you're not allowed to pick them anymore. I was like, some bullshit. All right. And then the uh, very last one that I was gonna throw at you here was uh, a Big Ten West matchup here. Interesting game for Purdue. Purdue is on the road at Wisconsin here. So Wisconsin coming off that win against Michigan State. Purdue's 5-2. and two. They're on the road. They are a two-and-a-half-point dog at Wisconsin. Total's 51. I think I would like Purdue to just go ahead and win that outright. What's the money line? Probably not uh, much. It's, it's not big. It's, half. It's probably yeah, like plus, 113. Plus 108, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, if it's only 108, then I would just take the points, but I would expect Purdue to win. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, I think that's a win for them there. I, I don't I don't have much faith in Wisconsin to be able to get the run game going big time there. So, but uh, we'll see. It's been a loaded show. I know we've run really long, but we had a ton to cover here, and uh, we appreciate you guys for sticking with us and for sub, uh, being a subscriber. You guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And you can follow our other host, Timmy, at SE underscore Timmy Poe. And we will be back with you next week for the Week 8 Recap and our Week 9 Best Bets. See you then. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.